Welcome to this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Lav, soon to be joined by Rex, and it is an 8-2 lead for the U.S. President's Cup team here at Quail Hollow. This edition, we'll get into what has gone so right for the Americans, what has gone so wrong for the internationals. We'll talk about all of the studs and duds through the first two days. But first, Callaway's Rogue ST drivers are their fastest, most stable drivers ever. Their industry-leading innovations include an all-new tungsten speed cartridge for improved speed, stability, and forgiveness. The jailbreak speed frame also provides stability for even more speed across the face, and an AI-designed flash face promotes lower spin and increased forgiveness. These drivers continue to win all over the world for players like Xander Schauffele and Sam Burns, who are teeing it up this week at Quill Hollow and performing quite well. Go to CallawayGolf.com to find the driver that is right for you, Rex. This will be the end of podcast predictions as we know it. <laughs> On day one, I predicted 3-2 internationals. It was 4-1 Americans. Uh, heading into day two, four balls, I predicted 3-2 internationals. It was once again 4-1 Americans. At this juncture, 8-2 Americans through two sessions. It matches the largest ever lead in tournament history. You surprised? Uh, no, no, not surprised. I think Trevor said it last night. This is the best American team, at least on paper, maybe ever. I mean, we'd have to go back and it'd lead to a very, very good debate. But I, I think the team that won the Ryder Cup last year, or Whistling Straits, is, is largely the team that showed up here this week with some fresh faces and some new look players. And it just gelled. And everything that they did last year, well, they came in this week doing even better. And then you complicate that by the idea that the other side, Trevor Emelman, he, I mean, we're seeing it right now. We're seeing the fruits of being dealt a very bad hand between the pandemic and between Live Golf essentially gutting the team that made this essentially close back in 2019 at Royal Melbourne. This is where we're going to end up. And I'm with you. I'm No more predictions because my prediction wasn't anywhere close to being correct either. So we're going to get out of that business. Uh, I mean, we really should, should have just bet on the Americans. You, you look at the roster that they've assembled here. It would have been even stronger had Will Zalatoris uh, not injured his back. I mean, Kevin Kisner so etched out a half point uh, in his debut uh, in this year's uh, event. But I think, Rex, you're just seeing, seeing the talent disparity between the Americans and the internationals. I mean, it was 35 points, I believe, in the world ranking. That was, uh, on average, difference between the Americans and the internationals, and I think particularly the talent disparity on the greens. The American team is used to putting on greens that are incredibly fast, the 13-14 on the stimp. They're incredibly undulating. They know how to drip putts in. They know how to play uh, to, to putt into certain windows, and the international team just seems a little bit befuddled. And so every close match, because I, I really don't think – the score of eight to two actually reflects how well the international team has played. However, in every clutch situation, every must make situation, every opportunity that the internationals had to potentially steal a point or a half point, uh, that opportunity has gone begging. And it really comes down to the greens. We just, we just heard Trevor Immelman say that this, this comeback uh, and it would be an epic comeback uh, starts with making more putts. Well, and sort of just the way match play works out. This is There's a Darwinism to this. And so there's a finality to match play that we're just going to look at the final score. And they lost, again, 4-1. to one. So that's back-to-back sessions where you lost 4-1. to one. That's where most people will stop. But you're absolutely right. If you get late into the afternoon – now, granted, 
there was two matches already that had gone the United States way. And there were juggernauts now and with Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay just rolling through the first two days. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas rolling through the first two days. It has to be the easiest job for a captain to pencil those two in. I mean, those two twosomes in just going forward. What you can't see, though, in that four to one outcome is the fact that coming down late, you and I were paying attention. Like we were curious. All three matches. Well, no, all three matches were tied. I mean, I think we were thinking to ourselves, these could flip very, very easily. I'm sure that Emmelman and the rest of the uh, international team was thinking that as well, that if you could come up with a way to turn this around, it could have gone 3-2 their way, very, very easy, and yet this is where we end up. And I think there probably is something to be said, and you're right. Trevor talked about there's a there's a putting gap right now that's, that's hit them the first two days, and they are going to have to find a cure for that. I'm not quite sure where that comes from, though, because by and large, the international team plays on the PGA Tour. It's not as though they're not putting on the same greens as Justin Thomas and George, but they're Smith. not. But they're not good putters. You look at this international team. Five of those not players of were, out, were outside the top. Five of the twelve were outside the top one hundred in strokes gained putting. That is a problem when it comes down to eighteen hole match play. And as we've seen in the Ryder Cup for the past twenty five years, it comes down to which team makes the most putts on paper. And in reality, this international team is not comprised of good putters. You know who who were good putters. Uh, the players Smith, Cam Smith, Mark Leishman. Answer. Yeah, Carlos uh, Ruiz. Louis Tazen's at least streak, streaky. Mark Leishman, I mean, those were yeah. good putters. The, 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 the players who have assembled here at Quail Hollow, by and large, are average putters, if not below average putters. And I think we've seen that play out over the first two days. I'm, I'm going to let you off the hook here a little bit because you're covering the President's Cup for the first time in the format. is a little bit weird as opposed to the Ryder Cup, which you've covered numerous times, obviously, as opposed to the Walker Cup. But the look on your face when the captains were doing the teams tonight and you realized because you saw me hit the send button after four pairings had been announced and you even hit me with whoa, slap. Whoa, 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 whoa. Even slapped hold me across the face with a hold up there, pal. I think you jumped the gun a little bit. And I'm like, nope, just four. And it, it wasn't even your reaction to that. Your reaction was, why aren't Xander? Why isn't Patrick going out? And it led to my question to Davis Love because you're right. Like, how do you bench those two guys? I guess the idea being that they had a plan and the plan's working out pretty well. So why deviate from it? But, man, when you have that juggernaut, when you have two of those guys that you can just send out and pencil in a point every single time, even with an 8-2 lead, I don't know how you leave them on the bench, man. I mean, it was 6-5. and five. It matched the largest ever uh... – victory in the foursome session in the President's Cup uh, on day one over Adam Scott and Hideki Matsuyama, two of the most veteran players uh, on the international side. On day two, it was a three and two win over Hideki again, uh, along with Tom Kim, who uh, by all accounts has been a revelation for this international team, although he's now uh, gone winless in his first two matches. If Davis Love wanted to go for the kill shot, he certainly could have. And, And look, you're probably going to leave some very heralded players on the bench to go for that kill shot. Smith and JT, I mean, they're 2-0. No they're probably gonna, about they're, it. Yeah. They're going to be sent out. Cameron Young and, and Kyle Morikawa, they won uh, their opening foursomes match. Go ahead and send them out. Uh, Max Homa, Tony Finau, uh, they, you know, they won their opening match, probably weren't all that impressive. Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns uh, have really struggled, uh, particularly on the back nine in their first two matches. I mean, they've, they've, they've given up. They gave up big lead. Gave up leads on the on day one. Ended up losing that. Uh, that was the only uh, point that the internationals won on Thursday. Uh, today, another big lead 
uh, ended up uh, etching out just a, a half point. So, look, are you going to leave the world number one? Uh, Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, who won three times. Look, those guys combined for seven wins on the PGA Tour this past season. Are you going to leave them on the bench to go for the kill shot? Yes. Sure. <laughs> that is that is exactly the move that I would have made. You think back to 2017, Rex, you covered it. It was 8-2 uh, at the halfway point. It was 14.5 to 3.5. So they got within a point of finishing the President's Cup on Saturday. If I'm sitting in that U.S. team room tonight, which clearly – uh, we are not. Uh, you have to think that's a goal to go ahead and polish them off now on Saturday, get to 15 and a half as quickly as possible. I thought Jordan Spieth was, was pretty interesting when he was kind of asked about the goal and he said the goal is to get to 15 and a half points. And he didn't stipulate to get to 15 and a half points Sunday. The goal is to get to 15 and a half I points. And, I don't care when. That's right. I don't care when it happens. Now, and it would be unfortunate. We talked about this earlier. In it'd, the week, be, it'd be incredibly unlikely. That's, that's a half point. That's a half point in eight matches that the internationals uh, would win on Saturday. That's just not Yeah, they'd, they'd have That's to play his, historically bad. I mean, we say that, but again, we were in this exact same position at Liberty National just a few years ago, and it was Anabon Lahiri, of all people. I mean, you wouldn't think of him as an international team hero, but he's the one that saved it from being over on Saturday. And we, we talked about this earlier in the week. Like, as journalists, as, as people who tell stories for a living, we kind of live in the extreme. So either we want this to be very, very close and come down to the, the absolute last match, the last green on Sunday afternoon, or a bloodbath. Give us, give we us a want it to be. Yes. Yes. Give us all your pain. We're going to be the grief eaters. We're going to just absorb all of this. Nonsense. 19 to nine was the Ryder cup score last fall, Rex. And that was plenty. That was plenty fun to write. Yeah. I, I don't have a problem with that. Now the problem with, with seeing all that pain is, and, and I just kind of sat down and I started writing my game story. I, I don't know that Trevor could have done anything wrong. I don't know if this guy could have done anything wrong. I'm sitting at his desk is why I wanted to humble brag there. I don't know if this, if he could have done anything better than what he's already done. If you just look at all of the little things that he's already put together to try to, to make this team something better than what it was in 2019. And they were pretty good in 2019. Build on that legacy that Ernie Ellis had started to create. Build on that idea that we're playing for Shield. And he, he just got dealt a terrible hand. Logo is pretty as, sick. I'm not going to lie. The logo is pretty sick. Pretty good. Uh, although those shirts today were hideous. I, I don't even pretend oh, to be I, a fashion oh, guy, I but like those, those were black. hideous. Oh, I like the black shirts with the little what color. No, like no. Gold, yellow. Who knows, who knows what color they are? Gold? No, no, no. no. They, they, they're absolutely awful. Uh, but will I, what I will say is if the American team can do what, what you're right, seems statistically impossible, close them out on Saturday with just two unbelievable sessions is what it would take. And I'm sure there is no small amount of motivation on the U.S. side to do that then I think it kind of puts into context what Trevor himself said, that this would probably be the best American team. Don't Take the, the caveat of on paper out of it, just the best American team. Let's talk studs and duds. You mentioned, Rex, that you're writing the game story for GolfChannel.com here on Friday night. Who uh, are you going to highlight in that, and why is the answer Max Homa? Uh, I love Max because he's the ultimate tourist, right? I mean, if, if you haven't been entertained, you called, you called him the tourist at the beginning of the week, and all he's done is make clutch win. shot after clutch shot and win. And again, I mean, you're saying that like a, like I was being critical of him by some way, and it wasn't. Go back and listen. It was. No, it was I, just, I just, it was just kind of it was just kind of goofy, and he's you know he's happy go lucky. He he is. I, I would I would call this U.S. team like cutthroat pretty ruthless i'm talking justin thomas cameron young patrick cantley like those dudes there's some stone cold assassin to him and then 
<laughs> I'm the complete opposite. Is Max, Max Oma, is just happy to be here. Incredibly happy to be here. Just Incredibly. bouncing around. And, and then for him to do it. Look, it, it's one thing, and I was just kind of typing this line before we had to come over and do this. It, it's one thing to expect Xander and Pat. Had to come over and do this. Folks, we're doing this, we're doing this for you. We, we, very, we very much enjoy this. Uh, I came over kicking and streaming. I got a story to write. Uh, I don't know about you. It's one thing to expect Xander and Pat to do what Xander and Pat did. There's a history here, and you're right. Those two are assassins. It's one thing to watch Jordan and JT do what they've done. Again, assassins. And as long as we're on the topic, that, that exchange yesterday between JT and Jordan, when Jordan asked about should we give the putt, and JT's dismissive, no. didn't even look at him. Nope, didn't even no. say no. It was no. – that, that's got to turn into the best run. team ever, right? That, that's our, that's, oh, it was fantastic. Which is exact, which like epitomizes who Justin Thomas is as a competitor, which is why I think he's so entertaining to watch. But- he is. He's very entertaining to watch. However, when you look at and as good as things were going for the Americans today, as we discussed, like it could have gone the international's way, and it was Max Homa. Of those twelve assassins in that room over there, it was Max Homa who actually closed him out in the end with just a crucial putt. I mean, that that's just what you dream about. And he was just sitting up here at this very desk talking about how special it was and how exciting it was and how terrifying it was. I mean, if you can't come up with a better scenario than that, I don't know. I, I don't. You should go to Hollywood and write because that's uh, amazing. He has absolutely been the highlight. I mean, he won in Napa on Sunday in, pre- in pretty improbable fashion. Probably should not have won uh, that golf tournament had Danny Wilton not three-putted. Uh, from five feet, and then that form clearly has has carried over here. And both of those matches that he's played, uh, first with Tony Finau, uh, and then today, uh, was just incredibly in- impressive. The way that he closed it out with Billy Horschel, who is an incredibly fiery competitor, and Max Homa, um, who I would call like competitively insecure. Like he's he's always trying to reach that next level. Doesn't necessarily always feel like he belongs. And he almost sounded emotional, Rex talking about the impact of having all of these players who is idolized, uh, who is grown up watching or always tried to measure himself against cheering for him and celebrating and congratulating him really cool. uh, was, was a deeply uh, emotional experience. How about uh, duds? Uh, I mean, for the Americans, there really, there really haven't been any, I think Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns, as, uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, have certainly been disappointing international side, Adam Scott, uh, probably the story that I'm writing uh, this evening. He has now had the, the most, you could probably uh, save that till Sunday night. If you want to, if you want to just pace yourself, you can probably yeah, save he, that. One. He has the most losses in president's cup history. Now his record dropped to 16, 24 and six. He is the very pretty face of what has otherwise been uh, nothing but misery uh, for the international team. Been a little dis- disappointed by Taylor Pendrith. Uh, he, he seems close to breaking through, but he has two uh, one-up losses, and I think Hideki has also laid a goose egg. These are the players, Rex. We talked about it on Wednesday, uh, very uh, in-depth on the pod. Like They needed some absolute studs to go 4-1. Five zero, and they're, they're they're just not delivering. And and Adam, I mean, I, I hate to trample on this as well as you. And to your point, like Taylor Pendrith has been on the wrong side of two matches, and maybe that will continue, and maybe it won't. Clutch, all, clutch put today on eighteen and didn't. Matter. And I'm always hesitant to to kind of judge a player's performance on the win loss record. It's like judging a quarterback in the NFL on wins and losses. There's so many other things that goes into winning or losing a match in a competition like this that it, I don't know if it's really fair, dependent on the player. However, when you have the body of work that Adam Scott does, when you've played in as many as 
matches as he has, and you have as many losses as he has. You're right. It's a stunningly handsome face, and I would trade everything in my life for everything in his life, but he's, he's the dud in this situation, and I'm pretty sure he'd admit it. I mean, Adam Scott, he played he played so well in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Tom Kim has gone 0-2, and yet journalists, um, our fellow golf writers are are – are bending over backwards and writing flowery profiles. He yet he does yet to have uh, a point. Sung J M has been one of the best ball strikers on the PGA Tour uh, over the past couple of months uh, and has gone uh, without a win as well. We'll see what the Ameri- what the international team can do if they can make this even somewhat competitive heading into Sunday, folks. We are not going to make predictions. Don't do this. We are I'm not saving doing you that. from you. I I, yes. I, trust, I I care about you. Don't do this. Please stop. It's this. just it's just not going to happen. But we yeah. do thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Golf Central podcast presented by Callaway Golf. Uh, to the surprise of uh, both of uh, us, uh, we once again kept this under 20 minutes. Round of applause uh, for us. We both have some writing to do. Make sure you check out our coverage on golfchannel.com. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys on Saturday night.